Hey sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute, girl. Get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, today I am so excited to have a great conversation with my friend Ryan Channel. And just a little bit about her, she is a grateful believer in Jesus who is passionate about encouraging women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him by getting into the Bible and walking into His Word. Ryan is a wife, a wife and a mom of three and the host of the Wellness and the Word podcast where her love for Jesus and her passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on the Set Free Sisterhood show. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm really excited to be here and just chat today with my friend. Yes, it's so cool. So I had the opportunity to talk with Ryan in the past on her show. And so I was like, I have to get you on mine. And I really want to talk about her faith journey, because I know that we've talked about this on um, Set Free Sisterhood. I share my faith, but she and I grew up very differently. Um, and I really kind of want to hear what that journey is um, about how you grew up and talk a little bit about your transformation. So a lot of times we do talk about Set Free. This is Set Free Story. And we were chatting a little bit before we recorded. And I was like, you know, it's this really truly is a transformation. And we go through many transformations in our life. We go through uh, belief change and belief shifts. And so tell us a little bit about kind of where, you, where you're from, kind of how you grew up as it relates to your faith journey. Yes, I'm excited about this. This isn't something I talk about too much, so I think it's going to be really fun. So I grew up, I'm in Arizona. I grew up in a small mining town called Globe, Miami and um, have a wonderful family, but we definitely didn't grow up with faith as the foundation. And the interesting thing is I've always felt this, I, I've always known that God was real. I never had any doubt in that, and I'm so grateful for that. But we grew up kind of with no faith, but with faith, right? Like we grew up as Catholics, and I say that in, in quotes because we grew up as the kind of Catholics who went to church like a couple times a year, or if I like tagged along with, along with my Nana, but we weren't, we weren't rooted in our faith. And I think part of that was because my mom was Catholic, but my dad was Jehovah's witness when he was growing up. So they actually always had this really big conflict in their marriage of two different faiths and nobody willing to budge 
but um, it, it was always just kind of swept under the rug and not really dealt with or not this healthy thing. So it was just like, you know, you could go to church or you can go to church on your own. Right. Um, my dad, my dad grew up a little interesting too, cause he was actually a Catholic till he was like eight or nine. And then they become, became Jehovah's witnesses, which was kind of hard for him. You know, he like celebrated all the holidays until he was a, a eight or nine year old. So yeah, just really interesting, different backgrounds from my parents. And then that, I think that's why we didn't, we weren't able to have like that strong faith foundation. And I always wanted something. I always wanted to know God more. I was curious, but that didn't really happen in my life until I was with my husband when we met when I was 20 and he was a Christian. And the fun, the fun story I love to tell about my husband is that I first met him when I was 15, actually, and we met just mutual friends. You know, we're from the same small town. And the first memory I have is everyone saying like, don't invite Travis because he's going to talk about God the whole time. <laughs> and I was just like that. I, I, then I was like, okay, whatever, you know, but now I look back and I'm like, that's awesome. Because when you're a teenager and you're being bold about your faith where your friends are like, oh my gosh, we don't want to hear anymore. That's amazing. Cause I, wasn't bold about my faith even until, you know, now in my thirties. So yeah. I just love that story about him and I hope that for my kids. <laughs> so yeah, I started going to a Christian church with him and that was kind of when I first had my first Holy Spirit encounter that I was like, whoa, like I felt the presence of God for the very first time, just tears streaming down my face. And, you know, I, I was not expecting that at all. So that was when I was like, okay, this is my place. <laughs> mm. So tell me about like, was that like the first time you went to church or had you been there a few times? Like how did, how did you yeah. feel about, cause I know just from my tiny bit of experience with Catholic, I've been to a couple of um, ceremonies cause they, for me, it felt like a, a structured ceremony, which is super, it's beautiful and it's, they have beautiful rituals and the churches are absolutely gorgeous. But then from, you know, that too, there's all different types of, I say, you know, Christian churches or Bible-based churches that have a different feel and style. So how was that for you? Yeah. When I, that was not the first time, that was not the first time I had gone was when I had that Holy Spirit moment. I had gone for a while with him and I totally thought it was just strange. I was not used to the the music and, and we were going, we were, he was still living in our, in our small hometown. So it was a, a super small church, just like, you know, this like homegrown band. So it, it's nothing like the churches we go to now, which are, you know, all the lights and, and serious music, but it was really strange for me at first. I was like, this is kind of weird, you know, people <laughs> raising their hands in the air and um, just, just singing out loud, you know, I don't know. It was very different for me. I was kind of uncomfortable. I felt really awkward for quite a while. And then when I had that moment, it was like everything changed. And I actually ended up finding my own church because I was living in like the Phoenix area at that time. So I found my own church. It was, it's like a mega church. And then that was when I was just like, Ugh, the music, amazing. I love it. I'm the person raising my hands in church now and all the, all the things. So yeah, it took a while though. I think it's, it's a transition when you're coming from a completely different kind of church. But I think what I loved was that they really taught me how to apply the Bible to my life. And it wasn't like this 
foreign ancient thing that wasn't applicable to me. It, it's mm -hmm. so applicable to everybody in, in today's world. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, I was just thinking about how I can relate. You know, I grew up in church, a um, Baptist church mm -hmm. in the South. You know, everybody's heard the term Bible Belt, right? <laughs> and what was different about it versus now is that I do remember it felt very, you know, they, we use the language legalistic kind of, you know, in, loosely. And I think people either know what that means or they don't, but it was very much based on, you know, maybe how you looked and how you dressed. And like, um, I remember like, don't drink, don't smoke, like all these things. It's like, well, if you can't smoke, then why are the deacons like in the back of the parking lot all hanging out <laughs> smoking? You know, I just remember these crazy memories and wearing pantyhose. And like, my mom was like, we're going every Sunday, every Sunday night and Wednesday. So it kind of went from even that to me in my journey, you know, in my teenage, early twenties, kind of disconnecting because that didn't really connect. And then when I rediscovered my faith and really dove into like, well, what do I want to do? Like, what type of church do I want to be involved in? And like, how do I want to learn the Bible and, and do, and do, and doing that, bring it in, into like, how can that make sense in my life? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the next thing. So this is cool. We're talking about churches and different music. So, but why does this matter so much and how has this changed your life? Well, you know what, what, one thing that came to mind was I think that we all are going to come to that point when we're going from, you know, childhood into teenage and adulthood where we have to make that decision if we're gonna follow Jesus or not, but we, and we have to kind of find our own journey, right? Because I've heard that from a lot of people when I do testimonies on my podcast is that either they, they grew up in church or they didn't, but ultimately it came to a point where you kind of had to own your own faith and decide what you wanted to do. Do you want to believe in Jesus? Yes or no, right? What kind of church are you going to go to? Because there are so many options. And we get to pick, we get to choose to follow Jesus. We get to choose to go to church. And it's just so important because I think that faith is going to determine how you live your life, right? What you believe changes your life. It's going to depend the kind of person that you are, the things that you um, go towards, the truths that you believe or the lies that you believe. And it just shapes our entire person, who we are, what we believe about ourselves, how we treat other people. And I just think that the Bible has so many core values of what it means to love, to truly love, right? Unconditionally, that agape love that the Bible talks about. It's about being selfless and putting others before yourself. And, and if we did that more, if we cared more about each other, if we really learned what the Bible said and taught us, I think that it could change the world because we would just treat each other differently. And man, I just, I wish more people knew the truth of the Bible and weren't hurt by other people mm. from the viewpoint that they were Christians or that, you know, this is what God believes. And, and that's why I'm really passionate about encouraging people to get into the Bible themselves and learn who God is for themselves, because we've all been hurt by others, but we're all broken people. And of course we're going to hurt others, but that's not God's character. And I think that's where it can really hurt people is that 
if you don't know who God is for yourself and you're just going based off how other people treat you or what other people have told you or who, who they said God is, it's, it's just disappointing because you're not getting to know God for yourself because God isn't any of those mean, hurtful things or, or he doesn't treat us in any of those ways. Mm, so beautifully said. And I have heard, I'm sure you have, well, I don't go to church anymore because of those people or someone hurt me, or I even have worked with, um, you know, clients that have had major trauma and things connected to people that claim to be Christian or go to church. And, you know, it's unfortunate because that is the brokenness of us as humans. And even more the reason why we need to seek him and why we need to need him and to know him. So, you know, that would be my biggest thing. I love how you said, you know, and explore and discover him for yourself, you know, because that's the cool thing about getting to where we are in life now. I just feel like I just love it because as an adult, just, you know, instead of just accepting things and just kind of just continuing to believe what somebody says or what I've been told or even what my inner critic decides to chatter about, mm -hmm. I have learned now, like, how can I question this to really look at things and say, is this true? You know, and if I'm not sure, like, how can I find out more? Yeah. So as it relates to belief, so what were some of the things that you had allowed yourself to believe that you had mentioned this before we recorded too? Like, I realized I was believing things that were not true. And that really helped me when I had this transformation. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like you said, it's been a transformation because it wasn't like right away that those you know, the scales were lifted from my eyes and I realized that these things were lies, but it's been this transformation, especially over the last several years, as I've actually been reading the Bible and I've been open to change and I haven't just stayed in my pride of like, this is what I've always believed and this is how the world is, but I've been able to humble myself and really find out what God says. Because if I think one thing and God says another thing, who's right? God is like, I'm wrong. And I have to admit that. Right. So one of the big things that comes up for me right away when you ask that is just being a wife, because I was living like the world for a long time and the world is broken and it's really, um, opposite of the Bible anymore. So I was definitely living wrong. I was treating my husband in a way that was not reflecting God's unconditional love, but it was more of, you know, if, if you behave and you love me right, then I'll love you right. And that's not what God tells us. He tells us to treat, treat others as we would want to be treated. He tells us to love one another. He tells us to put others above ourselves. And if we want to reflect the true love of God, then we do it through our own actions and through our own words. We don't treat people how they treat us because that is the reason that there is so much brokenness and that it continues to go from generation to generation. Another, another one that I used to believe is love should be easy and it shouldn't be work. Like I used to tell my husband that when we were dating and we were fighting all the time. And I was just like, you know, I don't want to do this. I just would rather give up. That is so false. And I think anyone in a marriage or in motherhood, you know, that 
love isn't always easy, but the Bible has a prescription for how we should love. And that's in first Corinthians, right? It tells us love is patient. Love is kind, but nowhere in there does it say that love is easy and it's going to take work and it's going to take again, that selflessness. And is that easy? Is that easy to just put others above yourself? No. And I've learned that in motherhood. I've learned how selfish that I am in motherhood mm-hmm. because it's, it's been really hard for me to put others above myself. And then the last one that I was thinking of is I used to say, this is just who I am. Like, this is just who I am and I'm not going to change. I've always been angry. I've always had a temper. And again, it's like that just repenting, right? The Bible tells us to repent and that means to turn. And that's when you realize that you are walking in the wrong way, that you were believing these lies. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to stay that way. I don't have to stay in that broken way. I'm never going to be perfect, but I can be more like Jesus every day and try to have those fruits of the spirit in my life. Like he calls us to, and with his power and not my own power, I cannot do it with my own willpower. Cause I've tried, yep. <laughs> but with his power, I can do all things. So yeah, a lot of, of lies that I was believing for a really long time. Yeah. And I think a lot of that too can just come into the whole conversation around, you know, anything worth reaching and growing and seeking when it comes to beauty and, you know, something that's fruitful is simply something that's pretty hard and difficult. You know, I've just found that the easy way, it's just like, well, man, if this is easy, then it's kind of like, why, it, why isn't everyone doing it then? You know, if it's that yeah. easy and yep. people, we do, we say that even in coaching conversations, like, Oh, but it's so hard. And I'm like, I know, you know, <laughs> let's just get real. It is hard, but do we want to grow or do we want to just wither away? And I know for me, just in the, the perspective of the season that I was in, of daily drinking and then just in this cycle and this loop of I look and I was like there was no fruit there was no growth there was no it was easy to stay that way because it was just a reaction and when I finally decided that like wait a minute I do not want to be here but I know it's going to be difficult but really what clicked for me and I talk about this is that that surrender and really saying all right Lord like I I have to you know, be willing to say, I surrender. This is it. I need you in your strength. And that's when he even gave me like more vision of how to walk it out. I think it's kind of sometimes too, when we, it's like, well, he's, he's always there. And I think that's the thing for me is like, he's always there. We're the ones that kind of detach and walk away. But also I believe that he allows us to carry it for a while, you know, you need to kind of feel a little bit like, are you, and it's a question I ask, you know, like, are you done with the struggle? Like, when will you know that you've suffered enough? Like, Mm -hmm. isn't it time to let this go? And that's kind of the first step to do that. So 
That's so good. And it reminds me of just how we parent our own children sometimes, right? Sometimes you have to let them have those natural consequences and feel that pain a little bit. And you're always going to be there to catch them or when they open their eyes, but that's how he is. He is a good father and he does that for us too. Mm -hmm. And I want to just touch on the whole love conversation because when I realized and truly understood that love truly is action, that changed everything. Like it's not this ooey gooey feeling and the romance and the butterflies and the things that we grow up seeing in our culture or even see, think that that's, Oh, well, I'm going to fall in love with Prince Charming or I'm going to love, you know, a, a best friend. It's like, Oh my goodness. It's not. Cause sometimes I'm not feeling connected at all with my spouse We've, you know, maybe something's come between us. We haven't had a lot of communication, but it doesn't change my love and my actions towards him. And once I realized that and understood that I could also offer myself grace, because I think a lot of times too, I don't know if just, you know, in your circle and the women you deal with, but there's this level of like guilt too, that we carry if we don't do it in quotation, right? Or, you know, when we're pursuing this life of faith or we're pursuing walking, you know, in belief of the Bible or being more like Jesus. But then when we mess up, we're judging ourselves and we're beating ourselves up. Mm -hmm. So how do you guide women from a spiritual aspect from where, you know, you've really dug into the word? Those that are perfectionists that are struggling with that, how could you kind of encourage them on their journey? I think that it really comes down to believing God's truth that they are forgiven and that um, we're never going to be perfect people on this side of heaven. So anytime that someone is struggling with something specific, especially if it comes to the fact that they can't believe that God is not like humans and he does forgive them, even, even when they keep making that same mistake over and over and over and it's painful for him to watch. And he's like, come on child. Like you, you got to turn to me, but we're like, nope, we're going to do this. We're going to keep going this. We're going to keep going this way. And he's just watching us just fall and fall and fall. It's so important to go to the Bible and like, you can Google verses for whatever specific thing that you're struggling with. And I do that all the time for myself, for friends, for clients. If they're struggling with something specific, I'm like, what does God's word say about it? Cause that's the powerful truth. We can't just believe in God, but not believe God, hmm. right? If we are not really believing his word and taking it into our heart for ourselves, not just for other people, then we're, we're being disobedient. We're not really letting God love us. And we're not fully loving God the way that we should, because if we, if we really believe his word, then that's just, that's love back to him. If we're being obedient to his word, that's love back to him. So if there is something specific, I would say, go to the Bible for it, pray about it and, and community like that is so important. The Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. And if you're in the dark and you're isolating yourself and you're all alone, then the enemy is going to keep attacking you because there's no one there to stand in the gap for you, to pull him off of you, to, you know, cast him away from you. God is always with you, but he also calls us to community so that we can be there for each other and surround each other in those times. But staying in the dark is just going to keep us in that lonely, isolated place 
where we don't feel forgiven, where we feel unloved. But if we look to the Bible, he says we are forgiven. We are loved. We are adopted into his family and he has a room for us. So just to believe that truth with all your heart, I think is so important. I don't say that to oversimplify it, but really go to the Bible and have those people around you who can stand in the gap for you when you cannot stand. Mm -hmm. I love it. Community is absolutely key. You know, when you said isolation and darkness, like I immediately go back to my story and how I felt. And I am like, extrovert like I love people but I had gotten to that place where I was drinking at home and I was staying at home and you know everybody knows my story who listens no one still knew that from the outside but if I were to hover above myself I I would have seen a very like just isolated I was seeing, you know, if there was like an aura around me or something, it would have been darkness because I know that that's exactly what the enemy was doing. He's like, well, I got her exactly where I want her. And that was one of the keys too, is, is that community is finding that connection and community because, you know, it's just like any relationship. We have to balance each other out. Like I can't be 100% encourager, go getter, you know, lift you up all the time. We have, cause there's going to be days where I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm a little discouraged and then somebody else is going to come in. And I think the more community you have, the more we begin to, we can hold each other up. Yeah. But I think I that's awesome. Yeah. And, and with any addiction, since that's what your show kind of focuses on, that is what the enemy uses is isolation. But that also happens to others who aren't addicted to something, but they struggle with something, right? Yep. I talked about anger. That was, that's my, you know, thorn in my side is my anger. It can be so many things and we all struggle with something. It's different for everybody, but everybody has a thorn in their side and isolation is always going to be, I think the number one tactic of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Discouragement and isolation for sure. So let's, um, as we're kind of finishing up, let's get tactical here because this is beautiful. Um, I love talking about our faith and how we've really grown. And I know that I look different than I did five years ago. You look different than you did five years ago. But if someone's listening and they're like, okay, well, I haven't really been in church. You know, we're we're post COVID year and I've really detached. And sometimes I watch it online and no big deal. Sometimes I you know, want to learn more, or maybe there's somebody that's just like, I know this is something that I want to explore, but I have no idea. So can you give us just some very like basic tactical where to start that would not feel so overwhelming for them to kind of dive into? Absolutely. So the number one thing I'm going to tell you is to read your Bible and don't be intimidated by it. Get you a good, a good translation. Um, NIV, ESV, those are great translations, but read your Bible. And I always encourage people to start in the gospel. So that's the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the biographies of Jesus. That's where we learn about who Jesus was when he walked the earth. And I think those are just very applicable verses that we can apply to our lives about how to behave because we want to be more like Jesus. That's where we go and look about how he behaved and how he treated others. So start with reading your Bible. Second, I would say to get still. 
be in solitude. And there's a difference between isolation and solitude, right? Isolation is you're intentionally putting yourself in the dark because you're embarrassed about something or you just want to hide away. But solitude is that proactive being alone. So being alone, getting quiet, and that is so powerful. I think maybe people hear that a lot, get still, be quiet, quiet your mind. But it is so powerful when you really do it. So right now I'm fasting from social media because it's just, I, I don't have self-control over it right now. That's something I'm praying about. Cause when I get on social media, I'm just scrolling. And since I've been off social media, I've been just reconnecting with God and, you know, not putting my headphones in to listen to podcasts, but just like, okay, God, what do you have for me? And just little like Holy Spirit moments, a word or a verse or something powerful comes to me. Or again, I'm reading my Bible more because I'm getting quiet. So I would say Bible reading, solitude, and then just prayer, prayer and having a grateful heart. And I say those together because you can have gratitude while you're praying and don't overcomplicate prayer. You don't have to, you know, get on your knees and close your eyes and say specific words. God already knows your heart and your voice. So just talk to him, talk to him all day throughout your day. When you wake up, pray yourself to sleep. Like if you cannot sleep at night, just start praying, praying for people who come to your mind or praying for specific things or praying for things that you're grateful for again. But prayer doesn't have to be like this moment where you sit down and you just talk to God with fancy words. Just talk to him throughout your day. Tell him you're struggling with this. Pause before you respond to your kids and just talk to God real quick. That's a huge one for me because I am quick with my tongue and we know that a gentle tongue brings life. And I have not always been gentle with my tongue. That, that was another big transformation for me was just really just pausing and, and talking to God or thinking of a verse or a, like having that, that verse on my lips, like a gentle tongue brings life before I respond to my kids. So again, just, just talk to him in your own voice. Mm. and be grateful. So Bible reading, quiet time and prayer. I love it. So I will share um, real quick kind of what that looks like for me. Mm -hmm. um, I love the YouVersion Bible app. I use yes. that a lot because there are times that I really like to read sort of like the, the story and the content behind um, what I'm seeking. So that for those of you, I've talked about this before, but you can same thing. You can hit search in there and you can put in any topic. So let's just say you're struggling with anxiety or inner critic or marriage or parenting, anything, and it will pull up, you know, three day, five day, seven day at, um, devotions. And so what's cool about it is it will give you a little information and then the scripture. And so what I like to do, because let's get real, if you're new to the Bible or even like there's some verses I'm like, what in the world does that mean? Oh yeah. So, the cool thing is, is you can, you can click on it and you compare it. And then I've actually Googled what does John something, something mean. And there's actually really good commentary out there that will kind of break it down in a little bit more um, of, of our language. Like, Oh, well, this is what this was happening and this was happening. And then as far as um, getting still and getting quiet, I just thought of like three clients when you said that of mine, that that has been a huge challenge for them, especially mm -hmm. after when once we remove the alcohol and we're really getting clarity 
And that's when those voices kind of get loud when we get still. So what I want to suggest to anyone listening is that that is exactly why before we get still, we need to be in the word or speak, you know, maybe even pray before we get still, because then I think that we can even protect ourselves a little bit more from, from that coming in. And then for me, it's just like when those thoughts come in, let's just be aware of them, take a listen and then let them go. Yes. When we resist them and fight them and get frustrated with ourselves, they are accomplishing exactly what the intention was. They, you know, and they being the thoughts, also the enemy. And this is your moment to just let that stuff flow. And then as far as prayer goes, girl, I'm talking to him all the time. Like (laughs) when, you know, like the whole, uh, the song, the blessing when you're coming and when you're going and he's before you and behind you. And I'm like, I say that. And I'm like, you know, I'll be on my walks talking. I'm sure that there's neighbors in my neighborhood. (laughs) It's like, what's that girl doing? What's she pointing at? I mean, I'll have my hands raised and I'm singing or I'm praying, walking down the street. You know, I don't always do that, but there's just certain times that I, that's the kind of expression when I'm whipping up color at the salon, or if I have a client in my chair that they have just shared something super personal with me or something that they're struggling with, like I pray in my heart and in my mind. So that just, I just want to share that to the listeners because it doesn't have to be this big deal. It is just like a conversation, just like we're having right now, just like you would have with your, your kids, your spouse, like that's the coolest part about God is that relationship that he really, I mean, he created us for that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we all long for it. If you have this just filling in your heart, like this emptiness or just like there, you feel like there's something more like we are naturally created to have that relationship, to long for that relationship. And I think that's why it comes out in so many other ways that we struggle because as I say all the time, Michelle, we're trying to fill that God-shaped hole. We're trying to fill it with all these other things and nothing fits and nothing's going to fill us because it's not meant for anything else, but, but God, he just, that's how he created us. Mm, I have heard you say that. Yes. I love that. Cause it's true. I mean, he is our creator. And so the sp- that space can only be filled by him. And I'm going to tell you, I spent many times, you know, seeking other things and we all do but nothing, nothing, nothing can fill it but him. No, no. And you just find such peace when you actually kind of come to terms with that and you're letting him fill it. And it's like, oh my goodness, this feels so good. And I I feel whole, nothing, not a person, not a thing, not a, a drug or alcohol, nothing can make you feel whole, which is what we're all searching for, except God. And I wanted to say, when you were talking about we should have put prayer first in my list because I love that. We should pray for God to help us understand the Bible because it is, it can be confusing. And you're like, I'm always looking up words or looking up what verses mean. And that's what we have to do. We have to be curious. Like, what does this actually mean? What does this say? What does this word mean? Um, But yeah, pray before you read the Bible that he would help you understand and pray before you are trying to get quiet and still that he would help you to just take all the distractions out of your mind. So Prayer should come first for sure. Cause when I'm trying to get quiet and still all, all these things are filling my mind. It's, it's mm-hmm. hard sometimes. Yes. We just, yeah. Distractions are everywhere. So, mm-hmm. so tell everyone um, again, 
your um how to find you obviously your podcast so tell about that is there anywhere else that you know i know you're fasting right now from social media but where can they find you if they kind of want to connect and know more about you Yes. Come listen to the podcast, Wellness and the Word. I do meditations on God's Word every single Monday. I do amazing testimonies like Michelle's was on there, some wellness episodes, some faith episodes. So I have a lot out there for you. I am fasting from social media, but you can find me on Instagram, Ryan Channel. And then on my Facebook group, I am hopping into my Facebook group still once a week, and that's the wellness and the word community. So I'm doing teachings in there. And, and again, I really want to help women create that community and have those sisters that they can walk through life with. Cool. I love it. And I will put those links also in the show notes so that um, everybody can just click on them and they'll take you right there. So we'll put those in there. Okay. Well, thanks for your time. I loved it. I knew I was going to enjoy this conversation and um, I am honestly okay with myself or my children being those people that they're like, Oh, do we want to invite them? Cause they talk about God all the time. Like I'm cool with that. Yes. I will be so <laughs> proud. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks girl. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.